person, but I want to hear your voice tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister Tino. Thank you, Minister Anaman. Thank you, Spirit of Inspiration. God bless you, Minister Jojo. Hallelujah. As I sat down during the ministration, I think I had forgotten about this, but I suddenly remembered that about 10 years ago, by the grace of God, I was ordained here at Trinity Baptist Church. And it's taking the mercies of God and the grace of God to carry me through this journey. Being in ministry is a very treacherous road, and yet the grace of God has carried me. I want you to help me celebrate Jesus for his mercies, his grace, and his favor. In Jesus' name. And to thank my daddy and my mommy for being such fantastic leaders and inspiring me and pulling me along on this amazing journey that has changed my life. Hallelujah. I want to start by celebrating someone really special to me. Someone who is a celebrity to me. Someone who stands out in every area of my life. And that person is the Holy Spirit. Help me thank him. Hallelujah. You know, without the Holy Spirit, I always say that I'm completely useless. I'm useless without him. He's the reason for which I am where I am. And I want to thank God again for my dad and my mom. Hallelujah. Pastor Kingsley, Pastor Cynthia, help me celebrate them one more time. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you, Pastor Rubin, for being a wonderful pastor to me personally. Thank you to all my colleague pastors. I thank our trustees. And I thank all the great men and women of God here at Trinity Baptist Church. Hallelujah. And especially, I want to thank God for your life tonight because you are here. Because you have showed up. You have defied the pandemic. And you are here to praise the Lord. And so you are special in the presence of God. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Beloved in Christ, this is the most important time of the year. As far as the accounting books in heaven are concerned. In case you didn't know, one of the things that is unique about heaven is that heaven has a lot of books. The Bible tells us, and the books were open. As far as the accounting books in heaven are concerned, this is the most important time of the year. Why? Because all through the year, our account has been credited and credited and credited and credited with the goodness of God. I don't know if there are any accounting students here or people who have done a little bit of accounting. But in accounting, we say credit the giver and do what? Our gods of accountants in the house, hallelujah. The giver, God the giver has credited my account and credited your account with so much goodness from January all the way to this time. And this is the time of the year when God is watching to see if we are going to debit the account and credit his account with some thanksgiving. Hallelujah. This is the deciding moment of the year whether your account and your spiritual account is going to be balanced or it's not going to be balanced. By the time this season passes, God is going to watch and see whether you brought back a balancing of the account. How many of you know that God has been good to you? He has been good to me. 
How you handle thanksgiving determines what God is going to bring to you next. How you handle thanksgiving determines what God is going to bring to you next. What did I say? Oh, how many of you realize that the way you receive a gift from someone will determine whether the person is going to give something to you again? When was the last time you gave someone a gift and, you know, the way they even receive the thing? You, you told yourself, I will never give this person anything again. And so this is the moment and the season when God is watching us to see and determine what he's going to do next for us. Let's read a very familiar Bible verse tonight. A very familiar Bible verse from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. Luke 17, 11 to 19. I don't even need to read it. You know it all. But let's read it again because this is a scripture for this season. I read from the New King James. Verse 11, Luke 17. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. So it was as they went they were cleansed along the way. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to the man, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Somebody say amen. amen. Shall we pray? Father, we honor you tonight for the honor and the privilege to be counted worthy to come into your presence at this time of the year. We thank you. We honor you. We celebrate you. We don't take it for granted at all. That we can stand here just as we are in all our weaknesses and infirmities. And yet, you give us the privilege to be here. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, take over and speak to us tonight in a way that we will understand in Jesus' name. Let us in say amen again, please. Amen. Tonight, I'm speaking a very simple topic that I have entitled... Flee the pitfall of ingratitude. Flee the pitfall of ingratitude. People of God, everyone here tonight, everyone here tonight is ungrateful. Without exception, everybody here is ungrateful. Ingratitude it's not the greatest sin. But ingratitude is the most popular and the most common sin. Oh, you're asking me, all sin is sin. Yes, all sin is sin. But sin comes in weights and sizes. 
One way you can understand sin is all money is money, isn't it? One Ghana seed, is it money? 100 Ghana cities, is it money? 50 Ghana cities, is it money? They are all money. But don't they carry different levels? The greatest sin or the biggest sin is not ingratitude. What is the greatest and the biggest sin? The love of money is the root of all evil. No, that's not the greatest. The greatest sin is the sin of pride. Pride is the mother of all sin. It is pride that gave birth to the, the love of money. And the love of money gave birth to evil. Let me mention this briefly because uh, I, I don't know about you, but I have met people who don't love money before. So if the love of money was the root of all sin, then they would not be sinners. There are people who don't love money. They live in rural places. They don't even want to have anything to do with modernity. One group of people, are, a group of people they are, you find them a lot in Germany, in Canada, in the U.S. They are called the Amish people. The Amish people, they are interesting people. When you find them, you see them today in cold countries. They are riding on horses. They don't use electricity. They live very basic life because they want to fear God. And they want to serve God. And yet they are sinners. Even though they don't love money because they have pride in them. But the most popular sin in the world is the sin of ingratitude. Just as the most popular note you find is one Ghana city. One Ghana city may not be the biggest currency, no note, but it is the most popular, isn't it? Did you hear the saying about when all the currencies return to the central bank and they were having a conversation? You know, all the big currencies were bragging. You know what I mean? The 50 Ghana city... And the new 100 Ghana city arrived back at the Bank of Ghana. And they were like, so how was your life like? And they were like, oh, man, I was at this club. I was at that expensive Chinese restaurant. You know, I was in all the big places. Amazing. What an amazing world I have been. I was in the pocket of that politician. And then that conversation went down and down and down and came down to the one Ghana. He said, what a boring life that was, man. I was always in church. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, God have mercy. In the offerings, the most currency we find is one Ghana city. May the Lord change our story in the name of Jesus. The most popular sin is the sin of ingratitude. You see, if you commit ten sins, or when we commit, let me use when, because we're always saying it. When you commit 10 sins, more than five of them is the sin of ingratitude. You see, you woke up today and God has given you air to breathe. How many of us have actually stopped to thank God for the air? How much air do we breathe every day? Who can tell me? Every single day we breathe at least 13 kilograms of air. Out of which about 2 kilograms is oxygen. If you were to buy 13 kilograms, kilograms, so 13 kilograms of air, Every day, if you were to pay for that, how many of us could afford it? Ingratitude is the most common sin. God has made sure that the earth is rotating on its axis around the sun every single day ever since you were born. How many of us know that if the earth moves just three or four inches, 
closer or closer to the sun. How many of you, of you know that we are going to fry like chicken and chips? Come on, lift up your hands and say, Lord, we thank you. But my question to you and myself tonight is, why are most people very ungrateful? By the way, everybody is ungrateful. But over 95% of people are very ungrateful. I put it at 90, and the Holy Spirit said to me, no, it is 95% of the people who are very ungrateful. But my question is, why? You see, the reason why over 95% of people are very, very, very ungrateful, number one, is because we have a certain sense of entitlement. Let's go back to the story we just read. The story we just read, let's just go back to it very quickly. You will notice, verse 16, and he fell down on his face at his feet, gave him, him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, were they not except this? You know why? You know one of the reasons why this man came back and laid down at the feet of Jesus? Because he was the only non-Jewish person among the lepers. Jesus said, except this foreigner. All of them were not foreigners. They were citizens of the land. And you see, remember, you remember the story that Jesus said, uh, spoke about? When he was healing, you know, the child of that woman. And he said that this food is not for dogs, Samaritans, foreigners like you. And so the Jewish people, he said... This is bread for the children. In other words, the healing, the miracle was for the children. And so these nine people were all citizens. They felt they were entitled to the miracles. They felt they were the root of Abraham. Except one person who realized that I don't deserve it. The reason why we are very unthankful is because we have a sense of entitlement. We feel we are entitled to it. When you work and at the end of the month you are paid, you feel like you worked for it. You are entitled to it. Your entitlement. And you are proud enough to state this is your entitlement. And sometimes even in church, we bring it to church. And we declare to the leaders of the church that I am entitled to this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, may I announce this. On television, on radio, and on every platform that we are entitled to nothing. Everything that we receive it's a gift from God. And the reason why this one man came back, he did not have a sense of entitlement. This man realized he didn't deserve it. I have come to realize that we ought to remind ourselves that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve our health. You're not healthy because of, you know, the food and the diet you eat. <laughs> I used to have a neighbor and I would spend some time with her. Oh, and she's always talking to me. Oh, Kofi, you know, eat. You know, eat this kind of food. Stop eating this, this one, that. <laughs> she died of one of those things. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Master, dieting is good, oh. But the reason you are healthy is not because of your diet. And there's no excuse to be foolish and eat all kinds of food. The second reason why 95% of people are very ungrateful is because we are always comparing what we have with what somebody else has. Always comparing. If God gives you three, if you hadn't seen somebody's own, you would have been okay. As soon as you see that somebody has 12, hey, why did you give me this? And Jesus told many parables about that. 
he spoke one beautiful parable about a certain employer who employed people. And then he got them, he, he, he got some to start, let's say, at 6 o'clock. And at 8 o'clock, he went to get another one. And at 9 o'clock, he went to get another one. And at quarter to 12, he went to get the last batch. And when the time was up, he paid the, all of them the same money. Now, the person who came at 6, he told you, I'm going to pay 100 Ghana cities. Is that a problem? But the one he called at quarter to 12, he gave the person the same 100 cities. And when the people came at first, saw that one and said, hey, boss, what kind of wicked boss are you? He said, do I have a problem with you? Or do you have a, I mean, what is the problem? You see, we are always comparing what we have with what somebody else has. God has given you a beautiful face until you see another person's face. God has given you a beautiful head until you see somebody's head that is rounder than yours. God has blessed you with a car. You are walking. He has blessed you with a car. And there's a small something on it. And you were okay until you saw your friend get the latest car. We are always comparing. We are always comparing. We are always comparing what we have. The Bible says, and a certain man gave people talents. He gave some five. He gave another one three. And another one he gave what? One. And that was more than enough. And yet as soon as he saw that somebody had more, yay, that was it. He went to bury his. Tonight, may God deliver us from comparing ourselves. Look inside your own cup. Wherever God has brought you, he has been good to you. Why? Look, if you don't learn this early, you will die quick. You can never stop somebody else from becoming greater than you. You will never be able to. The people you think are useless, God will shock you. Some of your friends, you think they are nobodies, God will shock you. Stop praying against people. Some of the people you are praying against, God is going to use them to make you cry. God is teaching you to be grateful, to be humble, and to be content. Stop comparing. May God help us tonight. Yes. Can I say this right in the middle of this? Because when I was putting this message, just look, looking over at the last minute, I stopped and I was almost crying. I was almost crying because the Holy Spirit said something to me, and that really pained my heart. And he said, keep quiet and go and preach. Okay. What did he say to me? He said that, son, Okofi, this Thanksgiving season, there will be a lot of powerful messages through this season. But most people will go back, forget the message, and live the way they live. He said there will be great messages, but by the time it's over, they will go back to their lifestyles. And I said, ooh. May God deliver us. Hallelujah. The reason why 95% of people are very ungrateful is because of forgetfulness. We forget to, it's not because we are bad, we just forget. We just forget. We forget. And I was checking my Bible the other day, especially in the book of Deuteronomy. You see, Deuteronomy is an interesting book. Deuteronomy is like a summary of, you know, all the instructions God gave, you know, the people of Israel. So it kind of summarizes the whole, you know, part of the five books of Moses, especially the instructions. And one word you find in the book of Deuteronomy very often is the word remember. Somebody say Remember. He says, remember, oh, remember, remember, remember. God keeps saying remember. He said, when you get to the land, remember. Don't forget. Either he says, don't forget or remember. Don't forget, remember. Even 8 verse 18, he says, and remember the Lord your God who gives you the power. He said, all the remember, remember. Why? Because God knows that we forget. By the way, as a matter of fact, our brains, say my brain, 
our brains was not given to us for memory. The, the, the reason for the brain is not for memory. We're not giving a brain so we can store information. That is not God's purpose for the brain. That is why when you take something to the brain, immediately, automatically, it pushes it down to the subconscious. It's not there. The brain is there to envision and dream and move you forward. The brain is like the front shield, the windscreen of your car. You are going forward. It's not storing information. What was given to us to store information? Book, pen, and paper. Recording devices were given to us by God to store information. Now, what blows my mind, what truly blows my mind, I don't know if you have thought about it, but what blows my mind is go back. I mean, it's shocking that today there are illiterates in the world. It's an evil that should never happen. Why? Because go back over 6,000 years ago. Look, Moses was writing the Ten Commandments. That means Moses could write. Over 6,000 years ago. Go back at least 2,000 years ago. I'm not talking three years ago. 2,000 years ago, a man called Zachariah. God shut his mouth. When they were naming the child, he couldn't talk. And they said, bring me a board. The man could write. Never, when you come to church, write. When, when somebody does something good for you, write it down. Otherwise, you forget. Sometimes we are ungrateful because we trust our brains to remember how to thank people. And sometimes you see, sometimes you see people do things for you. And you remember it three weeks later. Oh, I forgot to thank the person. It's not God's fault. You refuse to write it down. That is why God always says write. He said the commandments, write it on your hand, write it on your forehead, write it on your door. Because your brain is not for remembering. Writing is for remembering. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Another reason why we forget is because thanking or thankfulness is not a priority for us. Usually we have bigger priorities than that. You see, the nine people, when Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. And suddenly they saw that they had been healed. You know what they thought? They decided that I will first go and show myself to the priest. And then after that, then I will come and thank Jesus. It was only one who had the priority of thankfulness first. Do you know that sometimes we get money and we spend it all before remember the tithe? Come on, have I got a witness in the house? Come on, I love honest people. Ah. Somebody, you needed money seriously. You call someone and they send you Momo. You spent all the money before you remember to go and thank him. Instead of calling the person to say thank you first, you spend it all, then after that you go and thank him. They discharge you from the hospital and all you were missing was your banku. So you went and ate banku. That reminds me of a friend of ours and uh, she was... She delivered. She was delivered with cesarean. And um, <laughs> after the cesarean session, you know, you don't have to eat for a few days. Lawyer, the mother went pounded fufu and took it to the hospital and put the fufu in her mouth one by one, one by one, one by one. By the time she finished, her stomach burst. Oh, this is not a story. This is real. After cesarean session, instead of thanking God, you are eating fufu. This is what will happen to you. May God deliver your family members in the name of Jesus. The other reason why 95% of people are very unthankful is because of family culture. There are many families that don't have a culture of thank thankfulness. Many of us, it's not our fault. Our parents didn't teach us how to be thankful. May God help us and may we change the trend. Another reason is because of national culture. 
Some countries are very, very, very ungrateful. There are countries where when you are born there, you are more likely to be ungrateful than other countries. I was looking at some statistics the other day. The most complaining country in the world, do you know them? It's really interesting. When you look at the statistics of the most complaining countries, it's amazing. The rich countries are at the top and the poor ones. <laughs> God, is, God is fair. The most complaining country in the world, according to NOP research, is Sweden. And number two is United Kingdom. And I agree with United Kingdom. The way they can complain. They complain about everything. And they don't like smiling. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It is not my research. Oh. NOP research. Go and Google it. You'll find them. Meanwhile, they have everything. They have underground trains. They have surface trains. They have the trains in the air. We don't have nothing, but we are happy. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. It's not the thing you have. It is the thankfulness in your heart. Jesus. Now, how does our ingratitude show in our relationship with God? How does our ingratitude show in our relationship with God? Number one. Number one, this is a serious one. 95% of you are very ungrateful, but everybody is ungrateful. Everybody without exception. How does our ingratitude show in the way we relate to God? This is a serious one. Look at verse 13 and verse 15 of the scripture I read. Verse 13. Verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. 13. They lifted up their voice. Verse 16. And he fell down at his face and he glorified God. And one of them, when he saw that he was, he returned and with a loud voice glorified. Let me show you this. How our ingratitude show in our relationship with God. It's terrible. You see, for many of us, when we need something from God, we pray, and the thing is even passing here. Maya, Maya, Maya. Hallelujah. And then when God gives us the blessing, thank you. And then we go. Watch this guy. I, I saw something in this verse that blew my mind. You see, the Bible said that the people, they were standing for, they shouted and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus said, you are healed, he came back and watched verse 15. He says, and with a loud voice. In other words, what I found was that the energy that you use to get the miracle, you need the same energy to thank the Lord. Now wait. There is something I do. I don't know if you do it. I don't know, but I do it. I don't know. I'm not the best example, but I do it. Oh, I do it. 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 And let me first recommend it before I tell you. Some of you, when you fast for 40 days to get a miracle, you need to fast 40 days to thank the Lord. I don't know. But me, I, I normally fast one day, two days. I don't have a prayer topic. My fasting is thank you. Thank you. I'm just fasting. I don't have a prayer topic. All the topic is, Lord, this, when I feel the thing in my stomach, I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Just a fast of thanksgiving. Because you are fasted out for a miracle. And then you are eating what? Omuto to thank the Lord. <laughs> Do you think these two, they balance? No. You are shouting for the Lord to give you the miracle. And after that, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You are shy. That is how our ingratitude is showing our relationship with God. Number two, 
Our ingratitude show in where we praise God. Look at the man. When God or when Jesus healed him, the Bible says that he came to Jesus openly, openly, openly. I have a question I wrote here. When was the last time in the presence of unbelievers you started praising God? When God blesses you in your workplace, you come to church to praise him. Do you know what he's expecting? In that same workplace where he has promoted you, start lifting up the name of Jesus right there. Don't, give, don't care about the people that are going to laugh at you. In that workplace where he blessed you, God bless you in the market. God bless you in the hospital. And you are shy. You are, you are in church where everybody speaks the same Christianese language. It shows in our willingness to fall down. How our ingratitude shows in our relationship with God is our unwillingness to fall down. And to fall down in public. Look at the man. Jesus healed him. Everybody was shy. But this man came and he laid down in public. Oh, I said in public. When was the last time in public you fell down and people were watching you? And you are still telling me, or I am still telling you that I'm thankful. Our ingratitude makes us unable to fall down. This man fell down on his face. We have become too big that we can't lie down anymore. Every ingratitude is the most popular sin. And but for the mercy of God, if God was a human being, he would have stopped blessing us. It shows in how long it takes for us to thank him. It takes a long time. By the way, delayed gratitude is ingratitude. Delayed gratitude is ingratitude. Somebody helps you and you wait three days later before you thank the person. How many of you know that every one of us is guilty? You see, if we are not humble, we will never become better. My prayer is that we will change our ways in the name of Jesus. Where does ingratitude lead us to? Where? This ingratitude that is in our life, where is it leading us to? It is leading us to a pit. And many are in a pit. And that is why my message is entitled, Flee the Pitfall of Ingratitude. Ingratitude leads us to a pit. It is the reason why a lot of people are sick. A lot of people are sick because of ingratitude. They are sick. God is not rushing to come and heal them. He will let them go through a lot of stress. Because they are very, very ungrateful. The last time he healed them, the way they, even, they, they even forgot that they were healed. They had a severe migraine. Severe migraine. They prayed and the Lord healed them. And they forgot for months. And so next time God says, I've got to teach this person a lesson. It is the reason a lot of people are sick. It is the reason a lot of people are in the wilderness. It's not, because, it's not because some people are not praying. It's because they are not thankful. I have a team in the office, my other office. Whenever we pray, I keep reminding us that let's take time to thank God. When we have a prayer meeting, as soon as we start, let's, Kabende Lebe, Lord, we bind this. I mean, we haven't even thanked him for what he did for us yesterday. We haven't thanked him for what he did two weeks ago. And then we are, we are just asking him. He's not Father Christmas. And that's why Father Christmas doesn't exist. Santa Claus, he doesn't exist. Where does ingratitude lead us? It is the reason why a lot of people are stuck in a cycle of crisis. 
And by the way, we glorify the devil too much for our problems. A lot of the time, it's not the devil, it's our own ingratitude. And the Lord said to me, I never give everyone everything. Never. I give everyone something. And I expect them to see what they have as the key to everything they need. Another reason or another place that ingratitude leads us. Ingratitude leads us to a place of lack of innovation. You need to innovate in a fast-changing world. But when you are ungrateful, you cannot innovate. When you appreciate what God is doing in your life, in the midst of a crisis, you'll be amazed at, at the amazing innovative things that are going to come to your life. A lot of people whose life are stuck in a flat line is because they are very ungrateful. Ingratitude leads us to a place of miserability and lack of joy. By the way, ingratitude leads to death. A lot of people die before their time because they are not grateful. Oh, you don't know that? I'm sure you know that, right? Oh, a lot of people die before their time. Look at Nabal and Abigail. Nabal, the rich fool. David protected his sheep for him and his cattle. He was so ungrateful. He was so ungrateful. And so God killed him before his time. Look at the rich fool. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, he built his barns. In gratitude, God said to him, thou fool, tonight I will require your life of you. In gratitude, make people die before their time. That is where ingratitude will lead us. May the Lord have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. Let me move to begin to wrap my message. I want to give a few rules of gratitude. The first rule of gratitude is that in the Hebrew, gratitude is hakarat hatov. Somebody say hakarat hatov. You don't need to remember it. All you need to remember is hakarat hatov means to see the good. To see the good. Your ability to see. So no matter the situation, your ability to see the good in the situation is what the Hebrew will tell us is gratitude. And so no matter what happens, I don't know about you, but I choose that kind of attitude like Pastor Carter was telling us yesterday. That no matter what happens, you see the good. You know, sometimes I take it to the stream and I, I love it. You know, let me, let, me, let me cite a quick Bible verse that, you know, this verse about when Jesus said, when somebody slaps you on the right, turn the other one, right? You know, I, I don't dispute the different translations people give it. A lot of people say it's a spiritual verse. and all. I, I don't dispute that. Take it the way you want. Me, I take it the way it is. Oh, yes, I take it the way it is. I take it the way it is as a child of God that all things work together for my good. And so if somebody slaps me, it is a blessing in disguise, I'm telling you. Oh, yes, that is why Jesus said when somebody is slapping you, the person may be bringing you a blessing. Turn the other one so they can give you double blessing. Oh, yes, oh, yes. You can translate it the way you want, but I have seen it work in my life. Oh, I'm telling you. It may not have been a physical slap, but I can give you different ones. Oh, yes. Jesus said, if somebody is forcing you to go a certain distance, go an extra mile with that person. Why? Because you, maybe the person is pushing you into your miracle. Are you with me? When, when you don't see that where the person is taking you is a good path, you will start opposing and complaining and memorizing. But when you start appreciating wherever God is taking you, it will blow your mind. If you are a child of God, rest. Chill out. Chill out. 
chill out. Just chill out. If bad things are happening to you, it is leading you to your glory. Just chill out. When everyone is crying, there's no need to cry. By the way, it's, it's just because we lack faith. People lack faith, that's all. When you have faith, you don't worry. Somebody's, don't, don't fight. Don't fight a lot of the battles. Don't fight. Don't fight a lot of the battles because the battles are working for your good. Oh, don't fight the battles. Develop your faith and trust God. I've seen some of the worst situations turn out into a blessing. Quick one, I, can't remember, I remember one day, many years ago, when I got thrown into a detention center in a foreign country I was traveling to. I was traveling on a special diplomatic mission. And when I got to the airport, somebody who was supposed to meet me, the officer at the airport, let me mention in Turkey, the guy at the airport who was supposed to, the officer in charge at the airport, the immigration head or one of them, he was supposed to meet me, you know, he knew, I had a special letter. The, the flight delayed from Accra, so by the time we got there, the person had closed work, didn't hand over that document. And the Turkish people, they, they read tech. Me, I don't, I had a, a copy in English. I arrived and they thought I was one of those criminals because Turkey is a transit point into Cyprus and Europe. I explained everything I could explain. They carried me and threw me into a detention center. It was tough. It was horrible. The long and short of the story was that by the grace of God, I kept my composure. Of course, I came back, you know, my boss, you know, they were deporting me back and all of that in a moment. You know, eventually, you know, some calls came through and all of that. And eventually, they freed me. I came back and, you know, my boss. But I, I kind of composed myself. I think they thought I was really going to be mad at them. By the grace of God. You know what? God turns everything around for our good. The way I was calm, my boss felt so bad. He felt so bad, he kept coming to me. Kofi, I have to pay you back. Kofi, I have to pay you back. What do you want to have to pay you back? You know what? He just doubled my salary. <laughs> Guess what? That trouble that I was going to complain about and blast my boss because he was part of the problem. He too should have ensured that everything should have gone through. I should have given it to him. But little did I know that that was my miracle in the making. Hallelujah. So when somebody is slapping you, give, let, let them slap you. It's a blessing in disguise. Hallelujah. As I conclude, let me mention that, by the way, the gratitude and thankfulness is not the same thing. I don't know. I'm sure you are aware of it. But we use it interchangeably. But let me mention that very briefly. Gratitude and thankfulness, they are very similar, but it's not the same thing. Gratitude, thankfulness is a notch higher than gratitude. Okay, so gratitude is always, always has to do with when you have received something. Gratitude always goes with when you have received something. So when I take money and I give it to my sister here, you are grateful. Okay? That is when gratitude happens. So gratitude must come with when you have received something. But thankfulness, you don't need to receive anything. Even when you haven't received anything, you can just be full of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You know, you may not have any money in your pocket, but you can be full of thanksgiving. And so gratitude always has to do with things that you have received. But thankfulness just comes out of your heart. Just you looking inside of you and worshiping the Lord for who he is. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit said I should just stop here. So let me just stop right here. I'm not even going to conclude it. And tonight, we want to flee the pitfall of ingratitude. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. And say, Lord, forgive me my iniquities. Forgive me my sins. I have been so unthankful. I'm sorry. Deliver me. Have mercy on me. Restore me. 
help me to have a new attitude. I want us to pray about what the Lord told me. That most people and people will go back and forget all that we have said and leave their old ways. We want to pray that Lord exempt us from that. Exempt us. We need to go and do things differently. It was Albert Einstein that said that if you keep doing the same thing again and again and expect a different result, then you are a fool. May God give us wisdom tonight so that when we live here, we change our ways. We become better people. Come and lift up your hand and say, Lord, forgive us. And give me the grace to flee the pitfall of ingratitude by the spirit of the living God. Lift up your hand and begin to thank the Lord right now. Just begin to thank the Lord and give him thanks. If there's one thing that you are thankful for, open up your mouth and say, Lord, I thank you for that one thing. Father, personally, I just want to thank you for carrying me through 10 years. It's just by your mercy and it's just by your grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. People of God, you want to take your offering?